Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Jerry Serino and I am the host of Fides Podcast. Who am I? I'm just a guy interested in speaking the truth. What does Fides mean? I'm sure that that's what you were thinking. Fides is Latin for faith, belief, and truth. In this crazy world we live in, I wanted to bring some more truth-telling and education to those willing to listen. I want to discuss and debate those that have different beliefs so that we can understand each other and all of you can hear two perspectives. But there is only one truth, only one fides, and that is what you will find. Enjoy. Okay, so welcome to this episode of Fides Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. If you have any comments or questions or any suggestions, you're welcome to email me at jerry at fidespodcast.com. That's jerry at fidespodcast.com. My guest today is a 2020 graduate of John Carroll University. Um, I, I came about her through a an email link that I get sent uh, roughly once a week from the Cleveland Right to Life and she wrote a very interesting article. It's titled, How Planned Parenthood Targets College Students. And I thought it was a very interesting article. I read it, and then I reached out to her and uh, asked her to come on and explain a little bit about this and her experiences. This is certainly a show that is uh, about the truth, and certainly the truth means life, and so life is a very big topic for me in this show. So I'm gonna uh, like to welcome Jessica DeSalvatore, a nice Irish name. Um, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jerry, and thanks for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Thanks for making it. So let me just you know open it up to you real quick and and just you know give a little uh, a brief overview. I'll certainly share the article um, to anyone with anyone who wants it because it's a very good article. Um, you don't need to go through it in super in depth because people can read it. But maybe just give us a, a an overview of the article you wrote. Sure. So basically, um, I try to open up with something a little more personal in my writing. And so first I thought back to, um, my fiance goes to Kent state university. And every time we go down to this little strip, we pass by a planned parenthood. Um, and we're both very, you know, pro-life, um, kind of right leaning. So, um, mm -hmm we both have like the same thoughts on that. And so I opened up with that and then I really wanted to explore in the article while writing this really how, how many college people are pro choice. I already assumed that there were more pro choice and also more democratic college students than Republican. That was just something I assumed just because of things I would read or people mm -hmm. I would come in contact with. But for this, I really wanted to actually, okay, I want to see some facts. I want to see some proof. And, and my assumption was actually true. Um, college students are disproportionately pro-choice, therefore also democratic. This isn't always the case. There's some people who are more liberal than others or more conservative than others, sure. but being pro-choice obviously is a democratic belief. So I go through the article and I'm, you know, looking up some stats and, you know, just some alarming statistics I saw, like about how um, 
for example, 45% of college women will get an abortion by the time they graduate, which was, I was talking to my one friend and he, he read it and he was like, that was the most shocking part of your article. And I was like, I agree. That was the most shocking fact I found. I, I, I would agree with that. I was very shocked by that. Very high. Yep. And yeah. I mean, I, it was from a pretty, it was from um, her campus, that website, which isn't a very, I, I think it's more of a, you know, democratic, uh, liberal website. So it's not even mm-hmm. like it was some, you know, Republican Catholic who was like, you know, uh, over exaggerating, right. you know, this fact. Right. And so then at the end, you know, um, I try to really, I p- tried to really keep it, keep it factual when I write my articles, I really, you know, we all get angry and very, it's, these are very sensitive topics. Mm -hmm. And so, but I try to keep my emotions, my, you know, my shock out of my writing. And so that's why this article was pretty like academic, if anything, I thought. And then at the end, you know, I wanted to um, say like, you know, a resolution, um, maybe how we can urge more college students to choose to be pro-life rather than pro-choice. And so I kind of just wrapped it up with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. I think it's important to to address this issue with facts, you know, because so many issues of today, and certainly this is a big one, uh, emotion rules, right? Emotion rules the day. You get a lot of people who have very strong beliefs towards something but don't have any facts behind it. And you see that a lot. I think a lot, especially with college students, which, you know, I was a college student as well. <laughs> so I, I get it. Um, but uh, so, uh, so what um, ultimately when you say, um, when you say the, you know, why do you think that, that college students uh, tend to be pro abortion? What, what was your engagement maybe with your col- your your uh, student your fellow students? Sure. So for me, it was a bit different because since I did go to John Carroll, um, it's a Jesuit university. There was both there. There was definitely a right to life group on there mm-hmm. on campus. There was a church right across the street, a chapel on campus. Um, so it was a bit different at John Carroll because yes, we're a liberal arts school, but we're based in Jesuit Catholic, um, tradition. But as, as I've researched this more though, so like the elite liberal arts colleges are the ones that are actually, you know, uh, liberals overrule conservative people. Um, it said, and I read an article too, it's on the national association of scholars. Yeah. That website. And I read an article, um, that said that, uh, in the top 66 liberal arts colleges, the professors, the Democratic professors outrank Republican professors 10 to 1. And I was like, okay, wow, like that's that's kind of an issue because you, you think with liberal arts education, you want there to be um, perspectives from all sides. So I think that in college, it really depends on the professors, I think, you know, you know, when you go into college, you're not a kid anymore, but I still feel like, like I was pretty impressionable when I went, when I got into college. And I think a lot of college students are. Um, And that's just because, you know, we're trying to find our way. We're trying to figure out what to do with our lives, you know, and 
you look to your professors and your friends for guidance, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if, if there's a like really disproportionate amount of um, democratic professors or even um, Republican professors, more students are going to be influenced that way, I think. So I think that's one reason um, why so many college students are democratic is that there's a lot of professors, especially, you know, like in these elite liberal arts schools, there's way more professors that are democratic. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that that makes total sense. I think I think those numbers you gave for, uh, you know, ten to one is is alarming. Uh, obviously, people, professors are welcome to have their opinions and their political beliefs, but it certainly bleeds out into their teaching. Uh, that's for sure. And um, yeah, people are going to be influenced by the people they're with. It, what I what I saw too. I I didn't. Um, it's been a long time since I've been in college. I did go to John Carroll University for my uh, for my master's, uh, my MBA. Uh, so, but there wasn't too much, you know, liberal arts type of discussions. But it, what I did see, even in other schools, even I went to Cleveland State as well. Is that even people who you could tell or you you got a sense that maybe they were more conservative, they didn't stand up for their belief. You, you know, they, yep. I don't expect them to indoctrinate people or, or take one side versus the other a hundred percent either, but they also didn't stand up for their side. Um, so sometimes I would even feel like I remember we had a class at, at John Carroll and we, we actually talked, it was an ethics class and we were talking about abortion and, and I knew I get gathered from various things that the professor was probably pro-life and he just stood there, you know, <laughs> I got no support <laughs> at all. Um, but, um, so let me, let me ask you a little bit about, about what you think is a way to reach not just college students, but also even, you know, since you graduated in the younger generation, when it comes to the life issue, what what is it that would convince them? What is it that it will take? Sure. So frankly, you know, like when you're in elementary school and junior high and you have like either health class or you have sex ed class or whatever, and you're taught in private school, at least in Catholic schools, you're taught like, you know, abstinence, obviously. And, and obviously that's important, but people, like young people don't want to hear that anymore. Just abstinence. Like they don't, you know, they've heard that drilled into their head if they if they went to a Catholic school mm-hmm. very, very often. And if they didn't go to a Catholic school, there's less of a chance, of course, that they're going to be, I mean, not to say that they're not going to be religious, but, you know, um, yeah, I'm not really sure how to, <laughs> mm-hmm. how to put that. But the point I'm trying to make, though, is I think not only does... Um, the whole thing about abstinence till marriage and all of that um, should be taught to young people, like in high school and all of that. And it, it also, um, we like we need. I think that we need to foster more learning when it comes to the family. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Molly Smith, the director of Cleveland Right to Life, and I yep. think I'm going to be writing my next article about the family and like what works like there's no one right way to you know to build a family but there are wrong ways or there's ways that make it more difficult so one thing is if you teach the importance of the family of having two parents of not getting divorced of paying attention to your kids sacrificing yourself for your children all of that i think that's one way to reach 
mm-hmm. young people like me because like people you know we still think we're kind of invincible when you're like you know 25 and younger you're like right. yeah i'm still invincible i can do whatever i want and that's kind of the general outlook of that that's kind of what people think and so then you know you that means oh i can have sex with whoever i want i can you know lie to whoever i want you know it's kind of fosters that kind of mentality but if you teach people if you like educate people on like just the like how to like i mean i know so many people my age who have problems with commitment and who Mm -hmm. have problems with relationships and a lot of it stems from either their parents or their grandparents or maybe their brother or sister who are in bad relationships. Right. So if we teach everyone, you know, it takes two to tango, you should there should be two parents, you should get married before you live together, all of that stuff, then I think there'll be less of a chance of these unplanned pregnancies of these accidents happening mm-hmm. because if you Oh, and I just saw like on Live Action's website, um 59% of abortions happen between couples who are cohabitating but not married, while 7% occur during marriages. So that's a very big gap. I mean, that yeah. 59%, that's over half. It's And it was even more than um, abortions that take place between people who have separated, like who, right. you know, the woman got pregnant, but then they separated. Right. So that was really interesting, too. So, yeah. If, yeah. Yeah, no, that was it was great. You you said a lot of lot of things there and a lot of good things. I think uh, I've talked on a couple other of my episodes about the importance of family and how it's disintegrated. Um, you know, not only is it more difficult if you don't have two parents, but it's also more difficult if you don't have parents that are raising you with morals and ethics behind you. And then mm-hmm. if you go on to college and you also don't get that, right? And you're surrounded by classmates who were in the same boat as you, you're much more likely. That's why I think, and you you might, you have seen some information on this, maybe not, that as you, of course, get older, you're you're more likely to become pro-life as you mature and you see and understand, you know, life a little bit more. Um, It it may, especially after you have your own, your first child, right? Yep. Oh, I, I totally agree. Yep. And that's been shown in studies even. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, what's interesting when you, when you, you brought up all, all these things, whether it's cohabitating, whether, um, you know, the value of life and, and the like, you know, the whether it's Planned Parenthood or NARAL or these groups, I mean, they want to say, no, 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 we're not pro-abortion, we're pro-choice, right? And, you know, to me, choice means you have all of the information and then you make a decision, and, you know, any of the research I've seen or done, and, you know, if you can speak to what you have seen, is Planned Parenthood doesn't really give you the choice, right? They don't give you the information. They, you know, if they were truly about family planning, they would offer services for adoption, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and I totally see that. Um, you could even look up, you know, um, there are some Planned Parenthood locations like the actual building that does not do abortion at the facility however if you look it up on their website like if you look up if they if oh does this facility do abortions it'll say unfortunately we do not offer the service um but they ref- they they are they offer referrals right. 
Mm-hmm. So they offer, oh, here are some places, though, that you can get the abortion. So they're still, they're not, no questions asked. It's just, in, in, instead of, you know, oh, how can we help you? Like, you want to talk to us, whatever. Because um, that's what a lot of these pro-life pregnancy centers aim to do is mm-hmm. to actually talk to their um, patients, to ask them, you know, questions to, you know, not force them to do anything, but just to guide them to what they believe is right. Right. And I think that, yeah, if Planned Parenthood did that, that might, you know, that might turn the tables a little bit, but it, to me, surface, you know, from what I have seen in research, they don't, they don't really do that. Right. Well, let's think about what they do and what they don't do, right? They do uh, Mm -hmm. focus on, as you wrote, focus on college students in college towns. They do focus on minority communities. I did a podcast with Pastor Moss, um, a black uh, pro-life pastor, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and, and we certainly know that they're in minority neighborhoods and that the majority of abortions um, occur in the black community, certainly very disproportionate to their numbers in the population, right? That's what they, what they do. What they don't mm-hmm. do is properly inform anyone. They, they mm-hmm. fight against any kind of parental notification for minors, which is incredible to me. Right, a fourteen-year-old. They don't want them to have to ask or talk to their parent uh, to get that, uh, you know, to get approval and things like that. So, you, you know, the the whole concept of choice is is really lost, and and of course the the whole movement is of course pretty horrible. So it certainly mm-hmm. isn't surprising, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, th- well, this has been really, really great, really informative. Uh, you had said that you were working, you might be doing another article. Um, and, and I'll be happy to post that. I'll post, uh, the one that you wrote here that we talked about. Um, so anyone can, you know, read it in full context and, and, you know, if there's a way they are interested in connecting with you to have you write for s- some more, your writing is very, very good. Um, you you majored in English, correct? Yes. Yep. You said it. Excellent. Good. Good. So, um, so if anyone listening wants, you know, wants a, an excellent writer, um, you know, Jessica, I'm sure would, would be glad to talk to you. And, um, as you have more articles, please send them to me, uh, Jessica, and, um, love to have you back on and, and talk about all sorts of things and not necessarily even just this issue, uh, but anything. And we'd love to have you on. Absolutely. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah. I, I really appreciate, you know, being on, like when I, wrote this article, I really didn't think I'd get this much like, you know, limelight, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is good. Well, I'm a, I'm a little podcast, but hoping to get bigger. Um, but the more we can do, the better. And uh, I know, uh, you know, if you're connected with the, the Cleveland Right to Life and Molly Smith, certainly that's a great connection to get the word out there. And, you know, I think the youth is, is so important to, to let people see, because I think there's a lot of uh, the youth think that they're alone if they're pro-life for example they and, and you did give the numbers they are a minority um, but to see that there are um, there are pro-life youth out there and then it's cool it's good to be right and um, so your writing is 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 great and needed and important so thanks for what you're doing thank you thanks a lot <laughs> okay thanks jessica no problem